I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. And joining me today is author and founder of Clean Mama, Becky Rappachuk. In a year like any other, our homes have become the classroom, office, gym, and 24-7 living space, underscoring our desire for a clean, cozy, and peaceful living space. We want our homes to be comfortable havens where we can leave the challenges of the outside world behind, yet the reality may more likely resemble piles of laundry, toys everywhere, overflowing junk drawers, last night's dishes in the sink, and the clutter of one room sprawling into another, making mess the norm and adding to our anxieties. Becky Rappinchuk shares her game-changing method of freeing up mental and physical space to help us find joy and make our home-keeping routine effortless. She's a go-to expert for Better Homes and Gardens, Real Simple, The New York Times, Bon Appetit, HGTV Magazine, Oprah.com, and many more. Welcome to the show, Becky. Nice to have you here. Thanks for having me. Well, I guess my first question is going to be, uh, this is something you've been doing for a a long time, guiding us and keeping our homes peaceful, and as, as the title of your book says, Effortless Systems and Joyful Rituals for a Calm, Cozy Home. How do we do that in the context of COVID-19? Because I suppose if you interviewed most people, I'm not so sure their homes are you know, calm and cozy right now. It's not easy to, um, to maintain this kind of a, I guess, an atmosphere in our homes now. Given the circumstances, pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really hard to come up with a calm, cozy <laughs> feeling when there are a lot of unknowns and when we also have a lot of like different combinations of people in our home at different times. Um, yeah. Whether we have kids that are at home from school some days of the week or not at all, or home all the time or not at all. And um, a lot of us are finding ourselves working from home when we used to go into an office. So everything is definitely almost like a fruit basket upset. And it's, sometimes it feels right now at this point that it's changing by the week because regulations change and rules change. And it's, it is really difficult to actually find that calm, cozy atmosphere. And what I have always uh, talked to my readers and followers about is having specific tasks that you're doing regularly. And by doing that, you're not, you're being proactive with your mess. And instead of being reactive and pre-pandemic, we would, you might have um, someone coming over, and so that was your motivation to get your house clean. Now people are <laughs> are coming over to our homes, so and we're here all the time. So where's the motivation? So what I'm showing in my book is that you can find that calm, cozy atmosphere even when we're at home all the time, and even in this situation, it does take a little bit of work, and it does take some forward thinking. But it's a lot easier than you might think it is. Okay, so we can do it. It's possible, even in the the context of this pandemic. And as you said, here we are stuck in our house 
sometimes nobody comes over. There's no motivation for cleaning up. So the place is a mess and, you know, maybe I'll get to it. Maybe I'll clean up the bathroom or the kitchen or whatever. And um, and then you have constraints by how many people are actually living in your house. But let's take it point by point like you do in the book. Okay, what, how... Let's start our day. What do we do? I mean, one of the things you have, like, uh, I know, uh, I don't know if it's a chapter, but seven peaceful home guidelines. What what are the overall, what would be the seven peaceful overall guidelines that we need to know about? Yeah, when you're, basically throughout the book, I'm sharing different um, tips and tricks for keeping your home clean most of the time. If... I look at like an overarching <laughs> um, seven peaceful home guidelines. That is simply just seven things that you can do to make ensure that your home is clean most of the time. And they're little habits that we're that you're starting to just put into your home. And by doing that, there it's going to help you find that peace and calm. Um, there's simple things like. If you take something out, you put it away. If you bring something into the home, like something new into the home, you're going to donate something else. So it's kind of more of like that, a one in, one out. Um, you know what I always do, Becky? I don't know. This is a good place to insert this. I try to, and I'm thinking about what you wrote in the book. If I bring one thing in, I try to get two things out, two mm-hmm. things out. That's been helpful to me because I have plenty of stuff to get out. And that kind of works for me, even if it's a little thing, you know, it could be something what I think is insignificant, but it's still an extra thing that's out of the house. So that is a really good idea, a really good point you're making. That really makes a difference if you're really consistent about that. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, and if you if you're dealing with a lot of clutter, it might be one thing and three things out, or ten things out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you you kind of have to determine that for your own. Um, for your own home and lifestyle, but I think that it also um, helps us pause and think, okay, if before I buy this, what what am I willing to let go of too? Um, and if you don't have an, an issue with excess or if you are not feeling cluttered in any way, you know, of course, buy freely, but I think, <laughs> think that it's definitely helpful if we're um, trying to be mindful of what we are purchasing and what we're bringing into our homes. That, that's a, a good kind of thought process. What about boundaries? I think you mentioned that too. Some it's mental. I, I think uh, in the intro I said uh, a method of freeing up mental and physical space because I think that's key. It's not just freeing up physical space by giving stuff away, but then the mental space because we're using our homes as our office. How do we... Uh, create boundaries or lines of demarcation so that uh, we're not we're working in the kitchen, not making dinner, but actually doing setting up our office in the kitchen is you know those kinds of things, um, which I think a lot of people are wrestling with, particularly if you live in an apartment or mm-hmm. um, your your space is limited. For sure, and if you the if you, I think what. What's interesting is that we don't realize the mental toll clutter takes on us until we remove it. So if you, in a really good way to demonstrate this in your own home and see if what I'm saying is true, (laughs) is to 
look at a cluttered area. So it could be a coffee table or a kitchen counter, um, a bedside table, and remove absolutely everything from that area, from that space. Take it all off and clean it. And then look through whatever was on that space and decide what to keep and you know, maybe some things need to belong somewhere else, so you're going to relocate them. Maybe some things you haven't used, but they just happen to continue to sit there. But leaving that space empty and open for even if it's just a day and see how it makes you feel because we don't – we're, it's almost like we're blind to what's in our home and – we, we've looked past it for so long that we don't realize the impact it actually has on us. So by taking, re- removing those things, we're actually seeing it for what it is and seeing how it makes us feel in a different way. Yeah, and that's so, great advice. I mean, so you're saying that this, the, by making the mess the norm or making a mess the norm, we create all of these anxieties and we're not aware of them until we get rid of the mess. And then we can be aware of how we feel without all that clutter and all that stuff around us. Uh, right. And you, you can actually see the, um, I mean, it's, there's have been many studies that say that clutter um, actually does induce stress and can give us those stressful feelings. But because we haven't, like, if you don't know what it feels like to not have that clutter, you're not going to realize that to its full um Extent. So that's the kind of the principle there is just like choosing one small area. If you're working from home and you are putting in your kitchen table is now your home base desk, (laughs) um, (laughs) you might want to come up with a basket that you can put your desk things in so you have more of a mobile office or maybe a large bag or a, um, a file box, something where you can keep your work things in it and then close it up at the end of the day and put it somewhere else so that it's not encroaching on that kitchen space or that um, What about when you have two people who are now using the houses uh, where they live, to partners, and they both have a whole different agenda? They, they, they use their workspace differently, even they tend to use their home space differently too. How do you reconcile with people? You know, how do you, you have to negotiate, right? Don't you? I would, you know, some, um, you know, some people are sort of messy by, you know, it's just sort of, that's who they are. And other people are the opposite, but yet they're forced to be living together 24 seven and and not Mm -hmm. having. Yeah. So how do you, what do you do with that situation? Well, in that situation, I think you need to communicate what you need (laughs) and give each other boundaries. Like this is going to be my space. This is going to be your space. And you might have, maybe you're sharing a computer. I mean, there is so many different like scenarios at this point that you kind of have to decide like, what's my work time? What's your work time? What's my work area? What's your work area? And divide and conquer and come up with the best solution that works for you. If like, for instance, I have a really nice large desk um, in my office and um, it's for my work, but I had three kids home with me. (laughs) So I had to give up, you know, three quarters of my desk space for them to be able to do their schoolwork in my desk. And then, but we, I had to come up with a couple other um, ways 
for them to have their like where they could keep their stuff too. So we did bins for each kid and each kid had their own schoolwork in a bin and we put it away at the end of the day, but it still, you know, was in my office space for, you know, almost a year. So (laughs) it's definitely, I mean, there's, you do have to negotiate that and you have to come up with the best system for your situation. Um, I always find that putting things away at the end of your work day or your school day is always helpful because then you're creating that clean slate and it's going to be helpful. I mean, it's one of the peaceful home gu- guidelines. If you take it out, you put it away and making sure that those things have a space and a place to belong. It's just going to be so much easier uh, for everyone. You'll know where your things are. You'll know they'll be in order so you can just grab that basket or box or bin or open the drawer, whatever it might be, and you're ready for the next day. So what you're saying is, I think particularly now, and I keep going back to the facts of the situation that we're in, your book is really really relevant because it's really important to do what you're saying and have some sort of, uh, first of all, communication so that you can negotiate your space and then actually come up with practical plans that work for everybody. Um, But when you're stuck in this, and I say stuck because I think many people feel stuck, um, it's critical that you do this or or what's the downside if you don't? I mean, it's a not just a physical mess. I think you wind up, I'm a social worker, in a, in a real emotional mess as well if you don't follow some of these guidelines that you're talking about. Well, and I, th- I think that the, um, I mean, there, there are so many downsides, but you're also setting up um, really bad habits um, moving forward. So when this does end at some point, <laughs> um, you the habits that you have built are going to are you know going to follow you unless you either break them or form new habits and you know my my thought process is you might as well put in the work now and come to a realization that it's going to it takes a lot less time than you think it will to keep your space clean and tidy, and it's going to, it will help you be more productive. It will um, help your anxiety levels. It's, there are so many um, non-tangible benefits to making sure that your home is clean and tidy, and it doesn't have to be spotless or anything like that, but at least you will know where your things are. You will be living in a, a clean home and um, you'll know what you have too so that you aren't living in excess or um, you don't have a situation like that either. How has that affected your children? You said you have three children. How old are they and what's it done for them? Yeah, I have three. Um, I have a high schooler, a middle schooler, and an elementary aged um, child and they are they are very well adjusted. <laughs> um, kids, the the pandemic itself has been difficult and hard for them. Um, where we live, it's everything has been shut down since March, pretty much. So um, there has been a lot of time at home, and we 
have definitely um, made sure we each have our own spaces and places in the home, even if it's just a little corner with like a reading spot. But um, that's helpful. And then also just we've continued with our chores and tasks that we do every day, even though we're here all the time, even though no one's coming over, we're continuing with all those things because it's a sense of normalcy and it also teaches them that, you know, even when things are hard, we keep keep going as best we can and um, we're, you know, definitely, it, it, having that normal, like, normalcy, like it's still, we're still going to clean bathrooms on Monday, we're still going to make our beds, we're still going to brush our teeth and get dressed and all those things because they're little and they, you know, we're forming habits that, I mean, if we had taken a more relaxed approach and, you know, laissez-faire attitude about it, thinking this was going to be over. I mean, we're almost a year into it, and we're still, you know, we're still in it. So, <laughs> so definitely. What is the, um, Becky, what's the biggest challenge that you've had with your family, with your kids, uh, in, in terms of what you've had to overcome? Because as you say, it's been, it has been almost a year. So yeah. a lot of stuff happens, and it doesn't have, you know, what we've been talking about, it's all good stuff, but it doesn't, can't accomplish it always so easily. So, right. like, yeah, sharing some of those really difficult challenges, you know, amongst the family members would be mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah, and the, I think the most difficult thing is um, being together all the time. <laughs> you know, and not that. having, um, you know, not having their friends to do things with and, um seeing their friends infrequently and our schools have like split it so that only half of the kids go on two days a week. So they don't even see all of their friends. So that part has been hard. And then just from a, so the social aspect is to me the hardest, um, has been the hardest thing to overcome. Uh, Keeping the house clean and doing that sort of thing that's like pales in comparison to those social interactions that they're missing out on. Yeah, I think one of the things when you mentioned the kids not being able to go out or go to other people's houses, one thing when you're a kid and you go to somebody else's house, in your own mind, you make comparisons between, you know, your friend's house and your own house, and you have some context for the way you live, and and it may be different, it may be the same. You don't have any of that. You just, you know, you're living in your cocoon. And so I I think that that, that makes it difficult. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it does. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's like sheltered, um, in a weird way, yeah. <laughs> you know, just, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it has not been easy. Um, and I don't think that it has been probably for anyone unless, you know, like you, you live in an area where there, um, aren't there strict regulations, I guess, that would make it a little bit easier, but you're still dealing with the anxiety of, um, you know, the pandemic itself, too. I did have one author on a couple, I think it was the beginning of the pandemic, maybe in the early spring, who said, probably I'm the only person, She's uh, she and her husband were both writers, no children, just a dog. They like to be, they're, they're, they write 
the best when they're isolated. They mm. love being isolated. She said, this is a dream for us because we don't yeah. have to feel compelled to go out. I mean, she's a little, you know, a little bit of sarcasm there, but, you know, uh, a whole different set of circumstances. Uh, but she's actually the only person who said this to me, but I, I just, I do remember it. Um, well, and I, most- can, I can see that if you don't, um, and I mean, they probably had like some really productive writing time and they yeah. m- maybe like, wrote twice as many books as they normally would have right. been, you know, or articles or whatever they were writing. But I think that, the, um, I mean, there is some, the, I mean, we have grown closer as a family. So, I mean, you have that, like, kind of a trade-off with it, too. So, I mean, there's definitely, there's pros and cons. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to when things get back to some semblance of normal, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> You know, in the beginning, I talked about where you're the go-to expert, and I mentioned a whole New York Times, Real Simple, and HGTV magazine. So I want to ask you, so what do you, what, how do you, um, how are you, or, or what kinds of things do you recommend or your ex- in terms of your expertise to HGTV? I, I watch the, t- I don't read the magazine, but I do watch it on television. So I sort of wondered, what is your connection or how do you connect with them? Yeah, I share cleaning tips and um, how-tos for cleaning. That's usually what uh, I'm asked to do for different magazines and publications. And so I will recommend um, ways to clean things naturally without using chemicals uh, or organizational tips for homes and families and kids. Those are kind of the things that I'm... um, When they reach out to me, that's what they're asking. Laundry tips home care tips, that sort of thing. So how did, you get, how did you get interested in this? I mean, you've been doing this for a while. I mean, did it come out of, did you emerge out of chaos or did you, <laughs> no, what happened? I, um, I, I was actually an art teacher and I did that for 10 years. I um, really enjoyed the, um, like the order and in a class that is in a classroom and but also the chaos of being an art teacher and I was able to put those two things together organizationally and um, came up with some really good systems for teaching I taught um, kindergarten through 12th grade at different times so I've taught at all age levels and um, in multiple different schools and loved showing uh, kids how to kind of clean things up, put things away, but have a ton of fun in, in the middle. And when I had my own family, I was able to stay home for a couple of years and in between jobs. And that was when I started sharing online my like homekeeping tips and my cleaning schedule for how I actually clean my home while teaching and with a baby and um, kept the house clean in the midst of working outside of the home and then working in the home and just kind of, um, I basically through trial and error and my own (laughs) experience came up with this cleaning routine that works in, um, different scenarios. And then people started sharing it online and doing the routine. And then they, it's just been word of mouth since then that it works and people continue to share it. And that's, kind of how the um, the blog took off. This is my fourth book. So my first one was in 2000, published in 2013, and I've been um, 
online since 2009. So that's kind of how that goes. When I was teaching, I also moonlit as a house cleaner, and I would clean um, homes when I was done for the day teaching, and usually it was colleagues' homes that I would go in, and um, I was their cleaning person. <laughs> well, so you were, they were in the tre- literally in the trenches, and- right? I mean, the, huh? you, you were in the trenches. You, yes. You, you know of what you speak. I mean, if you've been doing yeah. that, you, you've seen yeah. people at their worst, I would assume. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And then to be cleaning your colleagues' homes, it was kind of odd, but I loved it. It was, um, I really enjoyed um, doing that. And I've always enjoyed the process of like taking a space that's messy and turning it into something that's clean and orderly and, um, and doing that quickly. And so, um, because it's such a, like, it's instant gratification. And I always kind of, you know, like that you don't have to wait to see your results for very long. <laughs> so, as I said, I guess it is, it's a game changer. It really does, you know, as we sort of getting back to the beginning, freeing up mental and physical space. That's your area of expertise. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people try to give you those kinds of advice online and Facebook and everything, but it doesn't always catch on. So you kind of have a special, you do have a special place, but um, we only have a couple minutes left. So I do, and this is your, you said this is your fourth book. So yes. give us a website, you know, that we can go to uh, for, uh, you know, to information about this book, but maybe also your other books and any other work that you're doing, because it sounds like you're always doing no matter what the situation is, <laughs> whether you're yeah, hold up yeah, the year I, or you're um, out. Yeah. <laughs> um, my website is cleanmama.com and mama is spelled M-A-M-A. I have a books tab on the blo- on the website so you can see my books there. I um, write a handful of articles every week and talk about cleaning and you can also find me on Instagram at cleanmama and Facebook as well and I love helping people. People email me all the time with questions and um, looking for tips and tricks, and I'm always happy to um, share that as well. Great. It's been great talking to you today. and uh, I You too. Yeah, great. great. But I just want to mention the book again, Clean Mama's Guide to a Peaceful Home, and we've been talking to the author, um, uh, we, Becky Rappinchuk. One always pronounce that name right, and uh, That's right. <laughs> you know, lots of websites to go to to get more information about her and and her book. And uh, I'll be I'll be watching for you. I need your help. I didn't say that in the beginning, but now I can tell you in truth. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, live also in this pandemic, living in a, a space with uh, six with children and. Uh, son and daughter-in-law. So all this stuff really makes sense, I guess, in the context of all that's happening now. So I really thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. <laughs> 